Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogo. Today, our conversation takes us to Watamu, a small coastal town in Kenya, north of Mombasa. It's known for Watamu Marine National Park and Reserve, Sunday beaches, and coral gardens. And not to forget the icing on the cake, the Mida Creek. The Mida Creek is a 32 tidal inland where not only are the seven out of the nine species of mangrove found here, but also the most productive mangrove forest in the world and an internationally recognized bird area. It's home to the Arabukosokoke forest, the largest remaining section of dry coastal forest in eastern and southern Africa. So, I met up with a group of young people fattening crabs and selling them at Crab Shack restaurant. This fully community-owned project started when the youth protecting the mangrove and fisheries were advised by experts to find means by which to earn a living for the community around them and themselves. According to experts, this would ensure sustainability of their conservation effort. Today, Dixon Mezinga, one of the founders and a chef at Crab Shack restaurant, tells me, they have stopped illegal fishing. They're protecting the mangroves. They are generating enough and are helping feed a primary school. These have started a tilapia community fishing project, as well as they do hire experts who advise farmers at Dabaso village on sustainable farming methods. We normally buy them when they are about 100 to 250 grams. That's when they are smaller. We put them in the cages so that we can feed them for some time. That's uh, one to two months. And then we feed them for at least two months. They'll have grown uh, twice the, the initial uh, size they were. So that means they'll be around 400 to 500 grams. It's when we sell them at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we started this because we had a lot of demand from the restaurant. We couldn't depend on the supplies from the local fishermen, those which, who were bringing crabs at our restaurant. Because the demand was high, we had to find an alternative so that we can uh, cater for the market. Mm. So when did it start? Uh, we started since 2004. What do you use to pattern? Uh, we normally feed them with uh, trash fish, the offers of some fish. Because this is a restaurant which uh, buys a lot of fish from the fishermen there. So we normally cut and get the offers and use them to feed the crabs. We also use gastropods, which are just normally found around uh, where the, the crabs are. We also use the small fish. There are some uh, other uh, types of fish which are small, which are just fish from the creek. Those are, sometimes we also use those. We cut them and we feed our crabs. On any given day? Yeah. Like about how many crabs do you have? Okay, normally when um, all the cages are full, because we have around 280 cages. So when they are all full, we normally have 280 pieces of crabs. Yes, which should be fed. And uh, with the feeding, we normally feed a crab according to the way, its weight because they are fed at 10% of the total weight it has. So it needs some calculation to know uh, how much we need to feed every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all this feed, they actually, you buy them from the local fishermen? Yes, because all the crabs which we sell at the restaurant are being brought by the local fishermen, which we buy from them. How much do you buy? We buy at 
550 shillings per kilo. For the crabs? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why was there need for this project? In fact, before the restaurant, the restaurant just came by. We didn't plan to have a restaurant here. We were just conservationists. We just uh, came here to conserve the, this environment. We conserved this uh, forest because most of our locals use the mangrove forest for their livelihood, like building their houses, cutting poles for sale so that they can get anything. They were using the creek, fishing and whatever, but they were not using it, it in a sustainable way. They were using a very bad uh, ways of fishing, like doing poisoning. They were using small nets. And um, I can say nobody was caring because everybody was doing whatever he wanted and nobody was caring. So we as used by that time, that was since 2001. That's where, when we started this project. Now when we came together, we said, if this is how our local community will be using this uh, forest or this creek, uh, in a few years to come, there'll be nothing. And uh, we are the ones to suffer because we, we will get children and they'll want maybe to know which are mangroves, which are the other indigenous trees, where will they get them? So we decided to come together as used by them so that we can mobilize the, the community on how they can use this resource in a sustainable way. Yeah, that's where we started our journey. Now, as we started and informed all the government agencies that we wanted to conserve this area, they were very much interested because uh, they knew that uh, to start a conservation activity somewhere without the locals knowing what they, 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 they'll benefit from, it's very much impossible. But since we had started it ourselves, they were very much interested and they joined us and helped us so much in starting the, 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 the conservation thing. So after some time, they now told us what was our way forward because we could not start conserving this area without getting anything. Of course, we were youth, but we would, we would grow to have children also. Where will we get anything to feed our families with if we are conserving an area where we are not getting anything? Now we told them to help us. How could we do that? Because ours was just thinking of uh, reclaiming this resource, but we didn't have any other thought of how we could benefit from it. So the KWS, KFS, and the fisheries now came, we sat, and they decided that we should have a project which can also sustain you as you are doing the conservation. That's where now they opted to start this uh, craft fertility. And we took it, we embraced it, and we started. And we were connected to the Kenfrey people. They came here, they saw the place, and uh, asked us questions on how we can start this. And we started. That's how the journey started. And when we had the, the, the crab project now, everybody was like, how, how could crabs be there? Because that is one of the new things which were happening in this area. So, so many people started coming here, research people coming here from colleges, schools. They want to, wanted to know how these things would be done. And, uh, we didn't have a boardwalk by that time. So, accessing this project, because we started it where it is now, accessing this project was a problem. In fact, um, some other people who, who were willing to come and see this uh, project and they come at high tide, you could even uh, get noise to explain how, how can somebody trust that there's a project there when the tide is high. So we told the Kenya Marine and Fisheries Institute 
if they can get any help so that we can start at least a boardwalk so that we can access the project where it is for feeding and also for security purposes. We didn't have anything like for clients because we didn't know that we would get clients after all. So they tried and we got uh, some fundings from uh, areas like um, the first, I remember the first funding was given to us from the Ministry of Agriculture. Mm -hmm. And that was to maintain the crab project and also start a small boardwalk so that we can uh, at least start the journey to access where the cages were. But because the funding was very small, we just took a very small bit. So we asked for some other donors, other fundings, and we got fundings. Then we constructed the boardwalk to where the restaurant is, but we had not started at the restaurant. So after we had uh, seen the oceans from where the boardwalk was, uh, we got some now views that uh, can we start a, a, a banda, like a restaurant, not a restaurant, but a banda where people can come and sit as we are explaining to people how we are doing this thing. Mm -hmm. They should be seated somewhere at least to relax and then we can lecture them. We did it. After doing it, now views started coming from those people who were lecturing about the mangroves and whatever. That why why can't you put your soft drinks or small snacks? Mm -hmm. Because people might travel from somewhere very far from here, and then they would want to have a soda or water. Now we started putting our soft drinks. As I've told you, most of our members were working in the hotels. Some were waiters, some were chefs like me. I was a chef in a hotel. So we now sat and started thinking. We are selling crabs to clients there, and it's a very good delicacy to our clients. Mm. Why don't we start something like that here? Like selling snacks, not uh, main meals, but just snacks. And we said, let's give it a try. And we started. And um, it was quite surprising because most people now wanted to, ah, there's a crab project, and they're even cooking samosas, crab samosas. It's a new delicacy. So they started coming. We got quite a lot of clients and the, the restaurant was very much limited. It was very small. It would accommodate about 10 clients at a time. It was just one table with uh, 10 seats. So when we get 10 clients, we are full. Now, so many clients were coming and we are telling them, uh, maybe try tomorrow. We had bookings of almost one month or so because the place is small and every person wants to come here. And surprisingly enough, we didn't know that here we could sell sunset. We were seeing that sun as something very natural. To us, it was nothing. But those clients were coming. Once somebody gets to that small restaurant, the small banda, and sees how the sun sets, it was quite amazing. Mm -hmm. They say this is one of the best places we've ever try, uh, seen. And if you maintain this place well, can be a very good employment uh, premises, which you, if you embrace it well, you will help your community. Mm -hmm. So we had to sit with the agencies again and look for more funds so that we can now expand the restaurant. And we got a very big funding from Kenya Coastal Development Project SDP. We got a funding of 5 million. It's when we put all the facility. 
yeah so it was a long journey we didn't uh, wake up and start crab shack it just came by but we are conservationists we are conserving this creek for our own benefit for our community and because this project is at the locality all the produce like this is a restaurant we need to get vegetables we need to get fish we need to get crabs we also all those things from the local community so that they can benefit directly from their own resource mm. yeah that's what we are doing okay yes. that's fantastic mm. question is how big is the boardwalk it's uh, 180 meters. 180 meters. Yes. And it's constructed using mangroves? It's constructed using a mangrove from the bottom. Eh? Mm -hmm. Because uh, the mangroves uh, can't stay longer in the mud than another tree. So the, all the pores from which are in the mud are mangroves. But uh, the upper ones, they are casorinas and other types of timber. Okay. Yes. What drove you in the first place was conserving the mangroves, yes, right? The yes, mangrove forest yes. within this particular area. Yes. So how did you make sure that in your effort to construct yeah. the boardwalk and earn a living out of this project, mm. you did not cut or you did not also degrade yes. the mangroves that mm. you're protecting? Because this, the restaurant and the boardwalk mm. is built on mangroves, basically. Yeah. Yeah. First, all the mangroves which uh, we used here, we bought them at the wholesale water those uh, shops which are selling trees huh? and we did that because uh, you know uh, having a project like this one we used a lot of mangroves and if we we say we are cutting from the forest we'll be destroying quite a lot of uh, mangroves so we decided to buy because the funds we are getting are meant to help conserve the environment so we cannot come back and cut the same mangroves which we want to conserve that is one two for the construction, we just uh, look for places where there, 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 there are no mangroves. Yeah, that's why uh, if somebody comes and sees our boardwalk, it's just uh, like uh, it's meandering all over. It doesn't go straight because we don't want to cut, cut any mangroves. We are conserve. We, we, we are doing conservation and cannot cut mangroves because we want to construct anything. We just use the places which are empty so that we can pass our boardwalks there. And even the places where the restaurants are, there were bare places, so we just used those to construct whatever we have there. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, so, but there are other mangroves, like the seeds probably that has fallen off. So that means now within the areas that are covered, that yes. the restaurants is, that means those mangroves cannot grow now yes, to yes. longer heights, right? Yeah, yeah but uh, alternative to that is, um, since we are doing the conservation, we have our programs from the, our group, huh? from the Dabasos Conservation Group. We have a yearly program of planting uh, 15,000 seedlings every year. And uh, that is because we want to, because the communities, uh, communities are using mangroves. Now they are not using so much for construction, but at least for firewood and the other small uses. But um, getting those mangroves, uh, you know, their natural regeneration of the mangroves cannot sustain what, uh, whatever the, the, the communities are using. So, alternatively, we have to help replant them. And that is what we are doing as the Basso Creek. We, we are planting mangroves every year in uh, places where they are totally destroyed. We have a lot of places around the forest which are, some are very much destroyed. And those are the ones we we, we replant them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The restaurant, what's the capacity now? 
the capacity is 120. 120 yes. guests. Yes. In terms of the waste, because we generate waste from yeah. the kitchen, yeah. how do you handle that? Okay, currently, uh, we just uh, remove it huh? because inside the premises, we don't have um, something like toilet. Huh? Toilet is at the melon because we don't have the, the piping system to remove. So we opted to do it uh, outside there because, in fact, we were not allowed by the NEMA to to have a toilet inside here. That's why it's outside. But the, for, for whatever we remove from the kitchen and the bars, it's being removed by our staff to a place, there's a plot we bought where we are dumping our collections there. And then the municipal, uh, the municipal people come and uh, take some of those which cannot uh, be burned because we, we were told to burn whatever we can the rest they are being taken by the municipal people mm -hmm. to their areas. Yes. What about the wastewater from the kitchen? Do you is it? Do you just let it all flow to the mangroves? Yeah. Currently, what we are doing is um, but uh, it's uh water which has been uh, sealed eh? because we don't want to let any that in. Eh? But for the waters, there's a pipe where we sealed it with some net so that only water can pass, and we do it when there is. The tide is high. We remove the water when the tide is high, but we don't allow any that to go, just the water. But uh, our plan is to get a pipe so that we can get it outside. Mm. That is what we are looking forward to getting good funding. Or as the business is growing, we are, we are planning to do that so that we can pipe the water out. Okay. Yes. And in terms of uh, challenges, Yes. what are the challenges you faced? Okay, currently from the restaurant we have a very big challenge because uh, as I've said here, our main product we are selling is crab. And as much as we try to put the crab project here, it's not even enough at this time because uh, in Watamu we have so many hotels. There's Watamu and Malindi. And all the clients who are coming to the hotels, they are being directed to crab shop if anybody wants to eat crab because they are not putting crabs in their restaurant. So you can imagine we have more than 20 hotels in Wataman Malindi and all their clients are coming here to eat crabs. So we have a very big challenge because the project is here, but it's not still enough. We need to get more, more cages because now we have to wait, eh? but uh, we are planning to have at least a thousand cages. And also to get more fishermen because uh, even the place where the fishermen are doing their fishing, they are now complaining that uh, they don't get the much crabs as they used to get before. That means they are, they are, they are finishing. So we don't know what we'll do after they are, they, are, they are finished. So we are planning to have more cages here so that we can even get the crabs from other places. We, we don't want to depend only in Mida. We want to also get crabs from other places. So if we get enough cages, we can just buy the crabs from other areas like Marireni, Gomeni, wherever, so that we can uh, replenish our farm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Any other challenge apart from that? Other challenge I can say is the boardwalk and uh, the restaurant also because uh, our restaurant depends is uh, timber made. Eh? And the place where it is, it's a place where it needs a lot of maintenance. In fact, we, we are generating good money, but uh, the maintenance takes more than half of what we are getting. 
So it is a very big challenge and we try to talk to other our stakeholders. And um, of late we've got somebody who is interested to, to, to help us. They want to change this to plastic. Those are the plastic timbers and the posts. That is underway. We don't know when it will start, but at least if that is done, at least we, we on the maintenance phases will be secure. But um, if it doesn't, then that is our main worry because maintaining this thing is very much cost. How does it? Co how much does it cost? Uh, yearly, we spend more than five hundred thousand this just for maintenance. The boardwalk and the, the restaurant. Boardwalk and the restaurant. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of uh, the cages, yeah. You, what do you use now? Because I understand you used to use bamboo. Yes. Why did you change from bamboo? Yeah, because bamboo don't stay longer. In the no bamboos get rotten after say six to eight months. Eh? And if you put a crab in a cage which has bamboo and they are a bit rotten, you know crabs are, are very sharp. They have their pincers are very sharp. So they normally cut and then they make their way out. So this is a research which was done by Kempfrey. So they brought us this, uh, the floating cages, which they are using mainly is plastic. And um, it's a bit uh, durable, but we are also still looking for a better uh, material. And they are also doing another research to get a plastic, but a purely plastic one, so that it can be made from there, because these are just uh, bread crates. We just uh, improvised, uh, but they want to take uh, a sample of this to the company, the company which makes plastic, so that they can be modeled from there. At least that can take us, um, the maintenance cost will just come down mm. to get the proper materials. Mm. Yes. And finally, how important is it for any conservation project yeah. to involve the locals? Yeah, it's very much important because ownership is a very good thing. And if you want any project to succeed, you need to involve the communities to own the project. Like when we started, if we could not have gone uh, telling people that we want to start this and this and this, I'm very sure they, they would not accept us to do this project here. Because you cannot put crabs here and people are going the whole day looking for crabs there and you are putting crabs here with nobody to look after them. They just come and pick them and sell them. But because they feel this project is theirs, everybody is concerned that uh, that project is really helping them. Because whatever we are, get, we are getting here is a percentage we help the communities at the schools. We have a, we even started a feeding program at the Lavaso Primary School, where we are pumping money there for children to get their food. We also started our, our fish farm there. There's a pond where we, we started Cotilapia. And that was meant if the fish are sold, that money is pumped into the, the, the feeding program. So they feel this is their project, so everybody is really uh, looking after it. Mm. Yes. What else do you do for the communities? Okay, we also, most of the time there are some uh, trainings because we invite uh, different people, maybe like um, farming. When it comes to times of uh, farming, we normally invite somebody, a, te a technical person from that ground, who comes to train our locals here. So we we source that person, comes here, and then we call the communities so that they can be taught that. We also fund individual people 
with their own problems and um, some we give them without repaying but some we give them but they are paying with a very small interest um, and this is because you want every person who is living in this locality to know the importance of this project because if they don't realize the, the, the importance of this project then we'll be having a lot of problem with the security so that means you're saying that if someone in the community needs probably a loan yes. or school fees yes. or maybe has an emergency in terms yeah, of a medical yeah, emergency, yeah, yeah. they can come to you for a loan yes, or they yes. can come to you for help. They're already coming. They're already coming. We told them years back. So that is something which is happening. Mm. And, and in terms of the restaurant, how many people does it employ? Okay, currently we have uh, 43. 43. Are they... But they are not all here because of the corona menace. Uh, we we have around 15 now, but on normal occasions we have 43 employees who are directly employed. And all of them are local members here? Yes, all of them. Okay. All of them are local members. All right. Yeah. Yes. And do you think such a project can be replicated elsewhere? Yes, very much. What, uh, In what, fact, we have a very good example. After starting this, we have a, our friends here. There's another group which is not far from here. They also started, they have a, a smaller restaurant like that one we have as for a start, but they're also looking forward to expand it. And we've mentored them very well. What are the biggest lessons you would say, or maybe the advice, if a group is replicating it somewhere, let's say, for example, a group somewhere in Gazi or Sydney or whatever else, eh? mm. what is the most important thing, that lessons that you've actually learned mm. over the years, that you say, they, if anyone, any community, coastal community is replicating, would want to replicate this, mm. this is what one, two, three things that they must do. Okay, one of the things I would want to say is, uh, one and from the, 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 the best thing is, let the locals start themselves. Huh? Because we've had uh, so many projects which are failing because they've been told to do that by somebody else. But if it comes from the locals, definitely do very well. But uh, for those who will be willing to do any conservation thing, I'm saying that uh, we have a lot of people who are interested. It's only that the, the community should come out to say that you want to do this. There are so many people who want to help in conservation. So I'll urge them to start. And if they need any help, I believe we can help them. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. That was Dixon, a chef and founder at Crab Shack Restaurant in Watamu. When next visiting Watamu, make a point of sampling their delicious ginger crab and samosas. But for now, what climate issues would you like to hear discussed here at Africa Climate Conversations podcast? Please email me at info at africaclimateconversations.com or leave us a message on our website, africaclimateconversations.com. Remember, this podcast and many other are available on our website. They're also available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, every other channel that you access your podcast from. Until next week, it's Koheri from me, and do have yourself a productive and safe week ahead. <music>